Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Faith in It podcast. I'm your host, LaShonda Tania, and I am so excited to be back with another episode of the podcast. Last week, we took a week off, but we are back and we are better than ever. So I am so, so grateful for your patience for the next episode, and we're going to go ahead and hop right into it. So on today's episode, I'm going to be talking and reminding you that there is power in your praise. Over this last week, I have just been taking a lot of quiet time and spending a lot of time in the word just to really see the direction in which God wanted me to be speaking this week on the podcast. And this was a reminder that was just popping out to me. So I do want to let you know there's power in your praise. And there were two stories in particular that highlighted and illuminated this point. So I'm gonna give y'all some context as to what was going on. And then just encourage you to constantly praise him no matter the situation. So y'all already know I'm about to come with a definition. And when I looked in the Merriam-Webster dictionary on dictionary.com, to praise is to express a favorable judgment of or to commend. And then the second definition that they had was to glorify a God or a saint, especially by the attribution of perfections. Biblically speaking, in the back of my Bible, it says that praise is to worship, commend or to give honor. According to the King James Version uh, Dictionary, I looked online. This was a new resource for me, so I'm really excited about this. But for the King James Version Dictionary definition of praise, as a verb, it is to commend, to applause, to express approbation of personal worth or actions, to extol in words or songs, to magnify, to glorify on account of perfections or excellent works, to express gratitude for personal favors, or to do honor to and to display the excellence of. So I really just want to encourage you and let you know and remind you that there is power in your praise. So I did tell you it was going to be two stories that I was going to be talking about from the Bible. So let's just go ahead and get into it. First is going to be coming from Acts 16. And this is when Paul was going on a missionary trip. And if you don't know what a missionary trip is, this is when people would go out and they would begin to share their faith and spread the gospel and talk about the goodness of God. So Paul and Silas were on a missionary trip and it began and it said that they were going down to a place of prayer. They were walking and they met a slave girl and it said that she had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. So this wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was a different spirit. And she was earning money from her masters. Again, she's a slave. So she's earning money because she's going around telling people their future. So she was following Paul and Cyrus, Silas, sorry, walking around. And she was saying that these these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved so she kept doing that day after day after day after day to the point that Paul got annoyed so he turned around and he said to her he said to the demon within her I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and it instantly left her so right there Paul had performed a deliverance and he called that demon out of her in the name of Jesus so because he did that she no longer had that um, ability to tell the future and, and and tell people what was going on so she wasn't able to make money okay so to pick it back up so at this point Paul has an enemy now because her masters weren't able to make money from her anymore so they basically went out into the city and they told the people in the city that these men were coming and that they were doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing and stuff that wasn't okay uh, with their culture and things like that. So he basically got all of the officials and 
they ordered them to be stripped down and beaten with wooden rods. I'm in Acts 16, 22. 23 goes on to say that they were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stock. As I continue reading, I'm, now I'm in the contemporary English version of the Bible. In Acts 16 and 25, it says, At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God while the other prisoners listened. Suddenly, a strong earthquake shook the jail to its foundation. The doors opened and the chains fell from all the prisoners. Right there in the NLT version, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. That right there is powerful, y'all. There was so much power in their praise that when people were locked up, not just them, but also the people around them, the other prisoners that were around them, they were locked up. And because of Paul and Silas's praise in the midst of their storm, in the midst of them being beaten, in the midst of them being thrown in jail just for performing this deliverance on this woman. All of this stuff is happening around them. Their praise was able to shake the foundations of that jail and free so many people around them. So that was just the first instance of that. There was power in the praise. And when I read that, I'm like, whoa, like I had to read it a couple more times. And then I also had to just continue on after that, after that praise um, was done and they were free. The jailer who was supposed to be watching them, he looked and he saw that all of this was happening. He was about to kill himself just because all of the prisoners looked like they had escaped. So it goes on in the story to say how Paul told him, don't do that. We're right here. And the guy bowed down and said to Paul and Silas what must I do to be saved this right here as I was reading this it came back up in my mind that when it said that God will make your enemies your footstool this person was sent to to hold them hostage to hold them in prison and because of their praise and because of their worship to God he then turned around and when he was going to harm himself Paul and Silas didn't let him do that they could have been upset they could have been in their mind like yeah that's him you know let him do him but they still stood up and said nah we're here the man asked them what must he do to be saved all because of their praise, all because of their praise and their praise unlock the power of God. So I hope that y'all following me here and understanding that there's power in your praise. As the story continued, not only did the man ask how he could be saved, but Paul and Silas then let him know, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. So again, this praise unlocked Paul and Silas, it unlocks all the prisoners around them and it's turning around and it's changing the life of somebody who was once trying to hold them hostage and the people in their household. So that right there is just so powerful. The man, they went on, uh, you know, the jailer had care for them. He washed them up. Everybody in his house were immediately baptized. That's what it says in Acts 1633. And then it goes on to say that he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. So now Paul and Silas's praise has freed those people. And now it has transferred over to this jailer who is with his family and they're rejoicing and they're praising. And now they believe in God. 
So the second story I'm going to be talking about is going to be coming from Second Chronicles chapter 20. So just to give you a little backstory about what's going on here, right? There's this king named Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah at the time. He had linked up with this guy, uh, Ahab, who was the king of Israel. This was back in uh, chapter 18. And basically they was trying to, Ahab had came to him and he was trying to um, overtake another, like go to war and overtake another like piece of land. So Jehoshaphat agreed. He said he was going to go to it even after the fact that there were prophets, um, basically false prophets were telling them like, yeah, it's going to be okay. Go ahead. But they had found this one prophet of the God of, of the Lord. And he told them and he warned them and said, this is not what you should do. He let them know that if you do this, Ahab, you're going to die. Ahab still went on and, and he locked up um, Micaiah. But this story is not about the prophet Micaiah. This is still about Jehoshaphat and how his praise, there was power in his praise. We're going to get to it. So in this um, instance, Ahab passed away. He got killed at the battle, just like it was prophesied to him. So when Jehoshaphat had returned home, he um, someone came to him and asked him, why should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? And then he said, because of what you've done, the Lord is very angry with you. So after that, Jehoshaphat was trying to get himself together, getting his life together. And it said that he went out throughout the land and he removed some idle poles from the land and he has committed himself to seeking God. So he started to tell the judges, you know, things that they should and should not do, letting them know. I'm, I was in uh, chapter 19 with all this. He's appointing judges and letting them know that before they pronounce judgment, you know, that they should make sure that they do so to please God and not to please people. And he was also letting him know, letting them know that the Lord will be with them as they render the verdict in each case. So he's just basically trying to um, continue to spread the gospel of the Lord now after he has went through that. So when I brought, continue reading and got down to chapter 20, there were armies and people were coming to wage war on Jehoshaphat. It said that the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Minyanites were declaring war on Jehoshaphat. So people were coming to tell him that there was a vast army coming to fight him. And he was so terrified by this news that the first thing that he did was he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everybody around him to start fasting and things like that. That's a, that's a whole nother conversation for another time. But while he was going through this, he ordered, he begged the Lord for help and he started to fast. So he continued on and he began to pray um, in chapter 20, starting at verse six, he started to pray to God. Oh Lord, the God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You're the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth and you are powerful and mighty no one can stand against you he's praising God in his prayers he's letting God know how he honors him he's letting God know you know that nobody can stand against him but he did he asked God God did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people of Israel arrived and did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham so he's reminding God of the promises that he said and that he had declared over this land he continued to say Whenever we face with any we're faced with any calamity such as war, plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear and rescue us. So he reminded God of all of the promises and all the things that had happened in the past. So as he continued again, he's still talking to God at this time. He continues in verse 12, and this is what he asks, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, and we're looking for you to help. 
So in this moment, he had a little formula right there. And I believe that this is something that we can take as well. Where When he knew that he was in trouble, he did basically go ahead, turn his life around. You know, I would assume that he repented, didn't say that. But if he didn't, he should have. But I'm assuming that he repented and he committed himself to seeking God. He went ahead and he begged the Lord for guidance starting off. He started to ask people to fast and then he began to pray and remind God of his promises and the things that were going on. So it continues on to say that as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. So this man was talking and he told them that the Lord told them, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16 says, tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up from the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. So in that moment, it says, verse 18, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. They started to praise him right then and there. First, they worshiped him by bowing down to him. He's already admitted to him that he needed his help. And then they started to praise. Now, this is the part that got me. Again, I'm in Second Chronicles 20 and 20. Starting from here, it says early the next morning, the army of Judah went into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king, Jehoshaphat, he appoints his singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And it says, this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. They began to sing and praise and sing and praise. Can you imagine that? First of all, God told them to go out and gave them instructions to be still because it is not their battle. It was the Lord's. So that's a reminder for you. Be still and remember that is the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. I remember hearing that song growing up and, you know, we can say things that are so just lighthearted and and common but when you really get into it biblically this stuff is serious we don't have to fight the lord will fight for us all we have to do is be still and believe and praise right there in the word this is what they did so after they did that after they praised, it says in verse 22 at the very moment they began to sing and give praise the lord caused the armies of ammon moab and mount seir to start fighting amongst themselves The message version of this says for verse 22 and 23, as soon as they started shouting and praising, God set ambushes among the men of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir as they were attacking Judah and they all ended up dead. The Ammonites and Moabites mistakenly attacked those from the Mount Seir and massacred them. Then further confused, they went at each other and all ended up killed. So 
the uh, contemporary English version said, as soon as they began singing, the Lord confused the enemy camp. And majority of the time when the enemy sets out to steal, kill and destroy something that you have going on to steal, kill and destroy your hope and your mind and your mental health and things like that. The first thing I'm pretty sure I, I've heard that when you complain, you're worshiping that you're worshiping that negativity, you're worshiping the enemy and things of that nature, because Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us that there is life and death in the power of our tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So if there's life and death in the power of our tongue, the things that we say in these moments matter, our praise is powerful our praise matters so you need to remember that when you are in these moments where it feels like you don't know what to do or you're in a fight or you're in a battle just go ahead and praise God this is something that I am going to be implementing in my life moving forward something that I am believing in God for and something that I am just so happy that was illuminated to me as I went into my study in my life application Bible, it lets us know and it says it poses the question how do we let God fight for us it gives us four steps it says one by realizing that the battle is not ours but God's because the word already tells us that we don't wrestle against um you know flesh we wrestle against principalities and things of that nature so realizing that this battle is not ours but it's God's and God gonna get the victory every time it says two by recognizing our human limitations and allowing God's strength to work through our fears and weaknesses three by making sure we are pursuing God's interests and not our own selfish desires and four by asking God for help in our daily battles so continue 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 to praise when I thought about that song I know y'all have heard that song uh praise will confuse the enemy and if y'all haven't I'm gonna go ahead and link it down below and it's actually called praise him in advance by Marvin Sapp but as I was looking at the um lyrics of this it's letting him know and it says that I've had my share of ups and downs times when there was no one around God came and spurred spoke these words to me that praise will confuse the enemy and he said so I started singing I started clapping I started dancing people were laughing because they knew his problems and they knew his pain but he knew God would take them away and that right there there's so much power in our praise y'all so I just want to constantly remind you if you are not sure what to do in situations praise him anyway praise God um, on the last episode I talked about when your faith is being tested and in James uh, 1 it was telling us that we should just consider those times and still just praise God anyway because we know that anything we go through is to build us up is to make us into the people that God has created us to be all of those things that we are experiencing our character development so in the midst of that lean and depend on God and understand that the battle is not ours admit to God that you need help let him know that you don't know what to do and praise him start singing put on some worship music how does that look practically start speaking out of your mouth again Proverbs 18 and 21 is letting us know that there is life and death in the power of the tongue so speak those things in which you want to see praise and ask and pray to God and believe believe that he will come through and fight for you I really, really hope that this episode encouraged you, let you know that there is power in your praise. If this blessed you, y'all already know, tag us on Instagram at She's Faith in It, leave a review. But even if you're not able to do either of those things, I'm just so thankful that you listened to this episode and I pray that this does not fall on deaf ears. I love y'all so much and I hope that y'all have a great week or whenever you are listening to this podcast, remember there's power in your praise. I'll talk to y'all soon.